Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends. Well, welcome back to A Life Invested. I am incredibly grateful, <coughs> excuse me, to have one of my dear friends here on the show today. His name is Andrew Cordell. He has accomplished some incredible things in his life, and it's truly a privilege to know him. Um, he's a great individual to be able to learn from and uh, to be able to try and follow in your life. So I'm excited for him to be able to teach today and share kind of what he's done to find the success that he has in his life. So I would grab a, you know, a big notebook and a and a pen to take some notes here. Um, just a little bit about Andrew and who he is. He's an acclaimed author and international speaker with over 350 million dollars sold from stage alone. 350 million dollars sold. From stage, um, incredible, uh, incredible businessman. You may know him better as the CEO of uh, the Money Is Show, a show where he hosts today's leaders and influencers in authentic business conversations about money. He has interviewed hundreds of experts, including masters of the industry like Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Grant Cardone. Andrew also contributes as a part uh, as a partner in a billion-dollar enterprise with 23 current companies. Very, very impressive. He's passionate about the benefits of mentorship in business, um, and he founded the Power Room. It's a CEO mastermind where today's top thought leaders combine forces to help teach entrepreneurs how to achieve success. And I can attest to the fact that he is passionate about mentorship and other people. He is a very genuine, authentic, sincere person, and it is a yeah, great privilege and opportunity to know Andrew. So Andrew, welcome to the show, brother. Gra- glad to have you here, man. Hey, dude, happy to be here and excited to be here. And I don't know, dude, probably after hearing uh, you read that, we should probably just stop, man. I, I don't want to let the, the audience down. <laughs> no, dude, you got a lot of good good things to share, man. Uh, and everything everything that uh, is in that bio is is nothing but the truth, dude. It's all just all just good things about you. Really quick, how, how do people get in touch with you or follow you? What's the best way for them to kind of learn from you, um, as, as you as you go? Yeah, I mean, if you want to follow me, it, I, I do most of my, I'm on all the platforms, but I do most on Instagram. And it's just my first last name, at Andrew Portal. And if you want more past that, you can hit me on my website, which is, again, my first last name, andrewportal.com. And DM me, man. I'm happy to chat. I, I respond to DMs normally at nighttime. So DM me and I'll try to hit you back, dude. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and I would encourage everybody listening today to go follow Andrew. I think you'll receive a ton of value from his experiences and what he shares. So go follow this guy. It's awesome stuff. How um, how did you get to where you are right now? I want to hear this story and uh, would love for everybody else to hear it as well. You want, What do you want? You want to know how I got to be a partner of a billion dollar company or how I started? Like which one do you want me to hit? Hey, both of them. Anything and uh, anything and everything. How I'd love to hear most, I guess, with, with this question, I'd love to learn kind of what that experience looked like from the beginning, because I would imagine it hasn't just been a straight road, right? To the success that you've experienced, there's probably been a lot of uh, ups and downs along the way, a lot of learning experiences. And so it'd be fun to understand kind of what that's looked like for you. Yeah, I think that if I if I answer kind of the first question part of it there, I'd probably tell everybody that the one thing I would tell you that I would invest in the most, which is probably what separated me from other business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, at the time, kind of, you know, all the ones that were following, you know, we we're all kind of growing together through it. I would say that I constantly invested in my brand. Uh, it was a nonstop, constant investment. When it made zero sense, uh, there was no return. I was, uh, had to have therapy probably many times because I'm like, my God, I just keep pouring stuff in my brand. And, and uh, there's no way to, you know, in a brand, there's no way to gauge what your return is. You, when you truly invest in a brand, um, there is no immediate or uh, Excel's cash flow performa uh, cash uh, um, uh, return on investment ROI. When you invest in a business, everything is based off of the performa and the ROI on that investment, right? If I spend X in marketing, where do I get back out of it? If I spend X amount in Facebook ads, how much, what's my cost per lead? What's my dollar per sale? Uh, with brand investing, there is none of that. And it's very, very uh, discouraging at times, I will tell you. Um, but I would tell you that that's, that's by far the, the thing that I feel like has separated me from um, all the other guys, you know, friends, companions, associates that were, uh, you know, kind of launching with with me in business and so forth is they always invest in their businesses. And I always invest in my brand. Um, it doesn't mean I wasn't doing business. It's just I always invested in my brands and they would go out and buy another 
maybe they bought another business with their money. Maybe they bought another rental house with their money. Maybe they bought another X or Y, whatever it is. I was taking all that capital and putting it back in my brain. So that, that's what one thing I'd take for sure. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I think it is a really meaningful and valuable investment to be able to uh, see kind of what the, the fruits have been. You know, you've really reaped what you have sowed probably years ago. I'd imagine you've been doing this for a long time. And uh, there's a great quote. Um, it's actually by uh, Nietzsche. And it, he says, he who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. And I'd imagine in building a brand, it's what kind of keeps you going, right? When you can't see the um, immediate ROI that you usually can when you're dumping money into something within the business. It's like, okay, what is that money doing and how am I going to get a return? When it's within your brand, it's like, okay, I'm doing this because I have a strong why behind everything, right? I, I want to accomplish something. Um, I'd imagine just knowing who you are, it's probably for other people. Um, I was on... I was in Andrew's office uh, a couple months ago, and while I was there, he's the kindest, most thoughtful, giving person ever. He loves shoes. Um, he's got the coolest shoes ever. And he just gave me a pair of these amazing shoes. He's the coolest guy. And so I would imagine that your why is centered around um, other people. I know you like to give. Is that the case? Yeah, you know, I think that you know, it's one reason I started the money at show is that most entrepreneurs truthfully don't know why they are even in entrepreneurship. Normally what happens is they jump in entrepreneurship because of something bad in the past. Uh, if you, as you study them, if you study entrepreneurs, as you study uh, the actual psychology and the humans behind it, what you'll find is most of them are first generation uh, entrepreneurs, they're first generation business owners, and they're in business because of something negative. And what I mean by that is they grew up in a home, I mean, that's what mine was, right? I grew up in a home that money, we, didn't have, we never had money. And there was times that we, we were on a food stamps. There were times in my life that my family was on uh, um, WIC and, and so forth. And we didn't go on vacations. And when you see that, your, your brain is kind of programmed a certain way. Uh, and then you, you, you flip the switch that says, man, I'm, I'll never have this. My kids will never experience this. I'm going to go do whatever it takes to not do that. The tricky part of it is looking back after 20 years, just understanding what's actually driving you is negativity. That's what's actually the fuel behind what you are pushing. And if, and if I could change anything, it would be, I would love for entrepreneurs to not be driven by negativity, but by dri but driven by positivity because the outcome is different. Um, what you're trying to achieve is different when you're driven by positivity versus negativity. And so inside of it, understanding your true definition of why you want to do something, the true reason behind why are you willing to take those risks? Why are you willing to uh, um, invest that capital? Why are you willing to um, um, work 18 hours a day? And remember, it's like we first started, it's like, oh, I want freedom. I want freedom. And it's like, well, dude, you're working more as an entrepreneur than you ever have in any nine to five job you've ever freaking had. You have more risk. You have more outgo. Uh, everything is, is volatile. Uh, the market can be highly affected. You're going to pay your bill sometimes. And and you do that because you want freedom, which doesn't make any sense, right? So you have to understand why the heck are you really doing this? What is the real purpose behind it? And when you when you know your true North Star, when you know the real meaning behind it, uh, it, it's got to be way deeper than I want to take care of my family. Dude, that's like level one of entrepreneurship, meaning every entrepreneur wants to take care of their family, whether it be mom, dad, brother, sister, wife, son, daughter, whatever it is. That's always driving the first level of it. But I'm saying you got to go deeper than that level. Every financial entrepreneur would tell you, well, I want financial freedom. Well, no crap, Sherlock. We all want financial freedom, but past that, like what is the real reason you're willing to do all this? And, and once you can understand that, define it, when you come across those losses, and you will, when you come across those failures and you're guaranteed to, I lost everything I had in 2008. Uh, I mean, everything. My I lost all my houses, I lost all my investment, I lost all my money. Uh, my parents had a foul bankruptcy because they were, I was using their credit and I, and I ruined my parents' credit. Uh, they both had to go file bankruptcy. I went through 14 foreclosures. Uh, my wife left me and I had to move in my mom and dad's house in 2008 when the market uh, crashed. And there I was two months later, right back in entrepreneurship again, um, because I understood my true meaning, I understood my true North Star of why I was doing it. And my, my why your why has to be bigger than any of the fear or losses or setbacks that you're going to cure. When your why is so up here that losing everything is, is like, well, that sucks. Don't get me wrong. And I hated it, but it was not even remotely close to how big my why was, my North Star. 
Dude, that was absolutely incredible to hear. Very, very few people, I think, across the globe would be able to do what you have done. And I think it's probably why you have such um, meaningful impact, right, in the world um, and influence. When I was with you, again, a couple months ago, one of the one of the kind of themes that you, t- you talked about was um, impact, right, and influence. And you're someone that people look up to. You're a mentor to a lot of individuals. You're a natural leader and people aspire to be like you. And it's probably, um, not probably, it is because you've been through really challenging things and you've overcome them, right? And people are inspired by that kind of story. We love to watch somebody who's been through really, really hard things come out on top. And I I loved hearing that. And I appreciate the vulnerability too. Um, That would be that would be incredibly difficult uh, with what you went through in 2008. I can't imagine the whole, I mean, it's, we read, we read these books all the time of these incredible entrepreneurs and so many individuals. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough situation because a lot of people as a generalization, look at entrepreneurs and they see the success that they've had and they just imagine that it's overnight and they call it luck. And it's almost heartbreaking. It's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't know how many times I've just had my head in my pillow bawling, right? You don't know how many times I've just screamed or cried or, or been, or, or felt like the world was going to crush me, you know, and you just think like, and, and a lot of times you wonder like, man, is it, is it worth it? Right. But it is that why, like you said, that really keeps, keeps you going. And so I, I appreciate that a, a lot. Um, I, I really do. One of the things that you highlighted kind of in what you just shared was the importance of where our mind is at right? And, and mindset. Um, how, how would you say that uh, your mindset has affected the, the success that you currently enjoy? Yeah, great question. And uh, we go back to impact influence as well as we want to uh, later. But, um, you know, when it comes to mindset, again, uh, I want to teach from the mistakes that I made. I could talk a lot about the mistakes of the market and mistakes that I made investing, but I also want to talk about the mistakes that I made from mindset. And um, I'm a producer, right? And it's, it's one of my favorite words is produce, produce, produce. And um, when I became an entrepreneur, you know, I'd hear these people talk about mindset. I hear people talk about, you know, changing your mindset. And honestly, when I first got into it, I thought, what a pile of crap. Like, I don't need that. That's a, like, I don't need motivation right now. I don't need you to try to help me want to be successful, bro. I want to be successful with everything. My body right now, my being, I want to be successful. And I, and I'm highly motivated to go out here and and achieve something. And I literally took mindset as like, Hey, this is all this, um, hypothetical philosophy, bull crap that someone's selling me. What I all need to do is go produce in life and produce in my business and produce in my investments. And, um, I, I can get what I want. And it was looking back, it was the biggest mistake that I made um, because the biggest piece that I needed help on was mindset. The biggest piece that I could help an entrepreneur on today is not what investments to make or how to structure and, and get into learning the, the 1% of the 1% tax strategies and, and, and how to do direct marketing. Like I, we can talk about those things, but if I could help with anything, it would be the one thing I would tell you that you need to do is understand the true mindset of an entrepreneur and understand the true or a human even and understand that look um, we can choose one or two things my friend you can choose a life of achievements or you can choose a life of fulfillment but those are not the same things and i would tell you that 99 percent of entrepreneurs that i spend time with unfortunately choose a life of achievements always myself included and when you choose a life of achievements you're constantly going after this thing. You're constantly going after this uh, achievement, whether it be, I need to make enough money to buy this car. I need to make enough money to take my family's vacation. I need to make enough money to pay for my family to do this, whatever it is, even if they're driven off of good things. Every time you reach that achievement, the goalpost that you just got to, the end zone that you just got to, it will move again and it will move again and it will move again. And there are more goalposts and end zones than you have in time or in life that you're going to be on the face of this planet. And a trap that entrepreneurs find themselves in is, man, as soon as I reach here, as soon as I have my million dollars, as soon as I make $5 million, then I'm going to blank. Then I'm going to make a difference. Then I'm going to go after this. What happens though is the goalpost always moves. It always moves. It always moves. And you never, you'll find yourself nine years in entrepreneurship saying, well, as soon as I do this, I'm going to do this. 
that's because you're choosing a life of achievements. And when you choose life of achievements, understand the achievements you're wanting normally come from the outside world. You're allowing the world or other people to dictate what is important in your life. And then you're pursuing that as though that's going to give you happiness. If I have this car that the world said this uh, all black Lamborghini is badass. If I have that car, then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to feel a certain way. And I'm not against, I have nice cars, nice houses. I'm not against that stuff. But when I was chasing it, I could never get to it. When I chose a life of fulfillment as an entrepreneur and fulfillment's meaning I'm choosing um, a life of fulfillment that's based on how I, this sounds weird, but how I can be the happiest person that I can be. Because at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, if you really get into the psychology of it, what each person is wanting, it's each human is wanting, is we're wanting to feel a certain way. Life is made up of emotions, and we want it to feel a certain way. The reason we want that car, if you stop and think about it, is because when we have that car, we will feel a certain way. We will feel successful. We will feel that we accomplished something. We will feel that we pull up to the valet. The valet will park our car. They'll just move it two spots down because they want everybody else to see our car, right? Um, when, we, when we drive up, if we're dating and we drive up beside a girl, we want to feel that certain way when, we, when we're there. We pull up to our friends. We want to we feel a certain way. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's bad, but understand what you really want the car for is because you want to feel a certain way. And you, you'll work endlessly to have that feeling. And my point to you is, if you choose a life of fulfillment, which is actually what you're wanting, you're wanting to feel successful, you want to feel happy. If you choose a life of fulfillment, you can have exactly what you're wanting on a day-by-day, hour-by-hour basis, as long as you will uh, choose and go after fulfillment. Now, to make sure everybody's on the same page, I'm not saying live lives of Buddha. Um, what I'm saying is when you, or a Buddha, I should say as a Buddhist, what I'm saying is that when you choose life of fulfillment, for me to truly be fulfilled, I would have to have those accomplishments that I actually want. I couldn't feel fulfilled if I didn't have those certain things in my life, a, a, a car, a nice house, but it take my family vacation. I couldn't feel fulfilled as a human if I didn't have those. So just understand, if you choose a life of fulfillment, you will get everything you want and achievements will follow it. If you choose life of achievements, you'll never feel the way you actually want to, and you'll never accomplish what you're actually wanting to because the goalposts will always move. As an entrepreneur, if there's one thing I can tell entrepreneurs today, biggest mistake I made was ignoring mindset, ignoring um, how to grow my, my brain in, inside of uh, myself, basically, not, not in business, but my internal self. And to do that, I had to choose a life of fulfillment. I rearranged my whole life when I made this massive shift, but it took me freaking 15 years to go figure out dude i hope every single person listening to this is paying just a ton of attention to what you just said and took some notes because that was so meaningful to hear that i think uh right i think a lot of people have this idea most people in their in their lives they feel like they can kind of get to a particular point and then arrive and then they kind of plateau right and that is it's never where anyone um, if they were to kind of boil everything down to a very foundational, rudimentary level where they want to be, we constantly want improvement. We want progression. We want something that gives us real meaning in our lives. And so many people kind of chase this superficial, really this paradoxical like carrot in the future that never you can never get your hand on, right? And it's so funny because life is full of paradoxes. Um, and I think it's it's worth kind of mentioning here, right? It's, it's this whole idea of when people spend their life chasing money, right? Just it's it's all they're doing. They never get it, right? They never, ever get it. It doesn't come. Instead, it's it's interesting. I was down in Zion's uh, National Park and it's it's they have this like little pathway that you walk through through the narrows and there's like this two foot wall. I was sitting down. I had some food on my lap and all of these big old fat squirrels came over and just hunkered down on my lap, started eating all this food, a ton of them. And uh, the funny thing is about the situation, if I were to stand up and try to go catch one of those things, dude, I, it's out of there. I mean, it's going to run so dang fast. I'll never catch it. But if I just just kind of appreciate the moment and what's going on and and th- there's this whole thing and I, I, I don't know, uh, kind of this metaphysical idea of attraction, the law of attraction. And I think it's less about kind of this meta- metaphysical uh, phenomena and more about creating something in our minds and bringing those things into reality through our actions, right? Through what we choose to do and what we choose to focus on. Um, 
And so I love I loved what you said because I've experienced that as well too. We, we we have these ginormous goals, and when we hit them, we think like, man, when I hit that, it's gonna be the coolest thing ever. But it's so funny, just like you said, it's perfect. That goalpost just moves further back. It's like, yeah. well, now I gotta hit that number, right? And so, what do you think? I, I want to hear from you. Like, what do you think the solution is to that? There's only one solution. Uh, you have to reprogram your brain. The issue yeah. is we were programmed a certain way. And not by choice, but by just circumstances, we were programmed a certain way uh, as kids growing up. And the only way to change that uh, where you're headed down is to reprogram your, I mean, I can tell you a bunch of how-tos like, oh, we can do this and that. But at the end of the day, you have to reprogram your brain. And, and, and it's like your software on your computer is running with a virus on it. It's never going to run and it's never going to accomplish or reach its maximum potential because you have viruses all over your computer. And same thing, your brain is a software and it has a virus inside of it that was set by someone else, not even anything meant to do it. It's just how your uh, brain programmed you uh, as it hurt stuff when you were um, very open in the age of trying to comprehend and, and listening to adults and listening to what they're saying. And then your brain takes it a certain way and boom, that's what you, you went and became. And a tough, here, I, I'll give you an example, man. a tough, tough, um, lesson I had to learn was when I lost everything and crashed and lost everything. Um, I used that as, and I would told people that I, I used that crash as a way to motivate me to go become bigger and better. And the, I said, there wasn't truth to that, but um, I blamed the market. And the reason I crashed was because of the market. And when I sat down with one of my uh, coaches one day uh, on mindset, um, uh, he, we were talking about it. And he said, what if I told you, Drew, that um, the reason that, that you, that the market, the reason that you failed and lost everything had nothing to do with the market. It strictly had to do with you. And I said, no, 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 dude, you understand that the market crashed. Like I was in the, I was in the mortgage fraud capital of the world uh, at the time. And it was, it was the market's fault that, that I crashed. And I used that as a way to motivate me again. What was motivating me? Negativity. I had to prove that I, I wasn't, I had to prove that I could, I could achieve this next thing to everybody else in the world. And so I use that as a way to drive my next achievement. And as he dove deep into it, he said, no, dude, he said, you're programmed a certain way about money and, and, and success. And um, when you got into that uh, market and you were going to crash, whether there was a market crash or there wasn't a market crash, you were going to crash because your brain was programmed a certain way. And he said, I'll prove it to you. He said, how many investors do you know that in the crash, they did not crash? They actually made more money in the crash. And I could immediately start seeing, as I was sitting there, I started seeing all these friends of mine that I knew that they didn't crash. They didn't lose everything. They actually made more money of it. And so how could, we, how could I sit here and say, well, the reason that I feel was the market. If it was truly the market, then everybody in real estate would have failed. But that wasn't the case. There were a lot of people that did succeed in the market crash. And so if you understand it, I can't blame the market because other people didn't fail. What happened was I had programmed myself and, and kind of got to the point of self-sabotaging. And when I got to a certain point of success, I would kind of self-sabotage it and crash it and then find something else. I would create a, a, a negativity of why it crashed. And then I would use that to push me the next level of achievement. And then I would crash that and let it explode. And then use that as a negativity to give you the next level of achievement. And you could go back in my career, dude. I can sit here and go back for 20 years and show you time after time. It was just a circle that I was going inside of because that's what I had mindset and programmed myself that way. So the only way to fix it is to reprogram your actual thought of it. And I agree that you said, man, I don't believe that. I don't believe that it's this, uh, when you talk about law of attraction, I'm not saying it from a standpoint of, I'm going to sit here at my desk and think this thing into existence. Some people go down that path. That's not the path that I'm going down. I'm going down, though, the path that I have to um, put it in my brain. I have to program it in my subconscious and my conscious brain. I have to write it down. I have to understand it. I have to believe that this is going to take place. I have to give thanks for it in advance out loud that this is what's about to go happen. And then I have to go down that road and go produce it. Uh, so I didn't take production out of my life. I just added it into a world of um, positivity versus negativity and then added my same level of production that I used to have or that I used to do with negativity, add it with positivity now. And as I'm building something now, I'm literally talking about it as though it already has happened. I will 
tell myself out loud when no one else was around, man, Drew, I'm so thankful that you went out and built that business and you sold it for uh, just over a billion dollars. No, that hasn't actually happened, but understand my brain doesn't know that it happened or did happen. I'm just giving myself and my brain gratitude for making, for as though it did happen. So my body just assumes that, well, of course we can do that because you've already, you're already saying that this has happened. And then I just produce right behind what I just freaking am saying out loud to myself. If I don't say that, listen to this. If I don't, if you never as an entrepreneur say that um, you have sold this business for a billion dollars or you, or you did $10 million that year in business, how in God's name are you actually going to ever do that? Your brain doesn't even know that it's even possible. Your brain does you have never told yourself that you can actually go do that. You only see it from other people. Well, that's irrelevant to your brain. Your brain just looks at someone else and says, yeah, that's not you. That's, that's that guy. That's not you. That's someone else. When you actually say it to yourself and say, no, no, no dude. Uh, hey, man, man, Drew, I'm so grateful that you have the, 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 the ability, the opportunity, the, the leverage, the power. Um, uh, the mind to be able to go build this business and sell it for a billion dollars. And I would tell myself that every day, every day, every day, understand when I first said it, dude, it was so hard. I'm like, I can't say that out loud and try it. Like most people go to your friends and say that out loud that you're going to sell a business for a billion dollars. It is so hard to freaking do. And, but, but you're trying, but you try to convince yourself that you're going to do it. Like you're going to sell a billion for a, a business for a billion dollars, or I'm going to make a $10 million a year. And, and right now you're starting off and you're at 300 grand. Go tell your friends at dinner in front of 10 people that you're going to build the business to $10 million a year and watch your body go into shock. Like I'm not going to say, well, now's not the right time. You know, this is a, this is a fancy dinner. I can't say it right. You will come up with any reason not to go say it. You guys said yourself first. And if you can't say it, your body, your mind does not know that's even what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to accomplish something from someone else's life from someone else's success and your brain does not con- understand that 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 is you that is your brain is saying that's someone else that's someone else you you're not you can't do that in my world um when i went through this and i'll never forget the very first time i said it and i said i'm gonna sell a business for a billion dollars dude i about i was like so freaking nervous that i said it out loud um now it's a it's a daily thing just so you guys understand i have not if you listen to me i haven't sold a business for a billion dollars yet but if you listen to my passion and my uh, my voice and my um, um, how I say it, you would probably believe that I've actually already sold the company for a billion dollars because I fully, without doubt, believe it's going to happen. Like, no, let me back up. I already know that it has happened. I'm just now producing the results to get me to that to that point. Like, it, it, it's so real in my life. But if you never say it, your brain will never produce it. It is, it is humanly, humanly impossible. You have to go say it, man. Then go produce. Say it and then go produce right behind it. And you'll, you'll live a life driven off of positivity, not uh, negativity. Dude, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing stuff. Because here's the thing. I already know that you will sell a business for a billion dollars. I, I know it. I'm positive. Of it. I know the caliber of individual you are. And I love what you just taught every single individual here that's listening to this. It's so good. It's so good. I uh, I wish everyone in the world would uh, or, or could have the opportunity to listen to you because this is Super meaningful. Yeah, our internal belief systems really dictate our external um, outcomes, right? In, in so many ways. And we have to know that we can believe. Real And belief is huge. It's like you said, I loved what you mentioned. So many people in the beginning, they hear the word mindset and they think it's this kind of hoax or this kind of like goofy thing. Like, ah, I don't need to worry about mindset. But it is the number one thing to get right before anything else. They're like, before I before I work on my mindset, I need to Make sure you know I go buy these assets, but you're not going to be able to buy the, buy the assets, right? Until your mindset is right, it is preliminary to any success any individual will ever experience. Getting the asset between their ears where it needs to be and investing into it. I think it's very very interesting. Like people need to be willing to read books, right? I think it's it's so funny to me. You can get a book on Amazon for fourteen dollars, and it can change your future forever, forever and ever. Every single step you take in the future will be changed because of a few words on a page that you spent 14 bucks for, but how many people are willing to do it? Very, very few. And it's like you said, you've put in, what I love about this whole experience is that, you know, over the past, you know, five, 10 minutes, you've explained kind of where you're at right now, how you got there, this, uh, you know, these struggles that you've gone through. And it, what needs to be highlighted is that it requires work, right? You've put in some work, man to do what you've done. I love one of the things you mentioned that I love so much is that you have a you have a coach. 
right? Now, here's what's interesting and that I love so much too is that the, the more I get to know, the more books I read, the more I understand how little I know. <laughs> it's like this, it's another paradox in life. They're all around us. Like I, I know nothing. <laughs> I really don't. And I, I found that business is nothing more than a mad science project, right? And the more people I can listen to, the better off I'll be. But what other people assume, and this is what gets them into trouble, it digs them into a deep, deep hole that can get them really, it can put them in a bad, bad place, right? And it's that they think that at some point there is this sense of arrival, right? And really, and, and there isn't, right? Really what happens is that, like I love, I love the example that your life coach gave you and that you've now taught so well to everybody else. And it's this idea that when it all boils down to it, we excel, we become exponentially better human beings for everyone else when we accept responsibility and accountability for what we achieve, right? Like, I mean, just to use like a biblical example, the prodigal son, it's so, I mean, he, he squandered everything, right? Everything his pops had given him, he'd given it all away, eating with the pigs, and he was blaming everything else in a sense, in his mind, right? But I love it. There's this phrase that I think is so meaningful. When he hits rock bottom, I think it's so meaningful. He's there. He had everything, right? And he's eating with pigs. And the, the line, I think, so important, says, and when he came to himself, right? that's when he turned around. He realized, man, like there is, there's a lot here to unpack about what, what I can do different, I can strip myself of ego and pride. And what I see in your story that I think is so cool is that you have accomplished some amazing things, Andrew. Like things that people would love, love, love to accomplish. And the cool thing about it is that they can. Yeah. But they have to develop the mindset that you have and you've worked hard to get it. Yeah, you talk about the prodigal son in that illustration you gave and you talked about him um, reflecting on himself when he was eating with the pigs. One of the best words you'll ever uh, and, and best disciplines you can ever create as a human is what the prodigal son went through at that moment of being with the pigs, except for you don't have to be with the pigs uh, to do it. That's where it drove. He, it, it, it's where achievements will drive you to is what the story of the prodigal son when he was chasing achievements. He was talking about the, his, his father gave him all the, the money and his inheritance and, and he was using it to feel a certain way. He was spending his money to feel a certain way, whether it be parties and clubs and, and, and nowadays, right? Parties and clubs and alcohol and, and, and uh, sex and, and, and um, uh, drugs. And we're using that inheritance to try to feel a certain way inside of it. And it drove him into the eating with the pigs. And at that moment, only at that moment, is when he started to say, hey, oh man, I've made a mistake. And he started to look into himself. And, and the best words that you could understand in life is the word, uh, two words called self-reflection. Every day of my life, I try to self-reflect. Not reflect on my business. Not reflect on my team and my staff. I try to self-reflect. Where is it in my life that I need to become more aware of what's going on in my body, in my life, in my in my time, and, and what I'm doing on, what I've got going on right now from the internal side. And the more that I self-reflect and the more that I find where I can become a better human, a better father, a better, a better son, a better, a better brother, a better husband, a better, uh, as I reflect on those things is when you can truly find growth. But self-reflection is a daily thing. And the, the, the truth about self-reflection is that most people don't want to do it because self-reflection has to do with vulnerability. Humans don't like it. Self-reflection has to do with um, um, radical honesty. And most humans don't like that either. Because if I was radically honest with myself, I would have a conversation about with myself. I'd have a conversation about where I'm failing right now as a husband, where I'm failing right now as a father. And then with self-aware, uh, self-reflection, I'm going to find ways to become better at those things. But first, I got to go through the vulnerability of, of discovering it and then exposing it. And dude, people do not want to freaking do that, man. And myself included. When you talk about real self-reflection. Not, I'm talking about the deep levels of self-reflection that you need to go through as an entrepreneur and as a human that you need to go through. Self-reflection is a very key word in life. Yes, it is, man. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. I love everything that you've, you've shared so far. This is, this is exceptional stuff. And I think too, so I'm reading, uh, this book is so good. It's, it's Viktor Frankl, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. 
And I mean, this guy was in concentration camps. He was a Jew in prison and treated like scum, right? Just that they had nothing. And through this experience, he still is able to find meaning and purpose and progression. And he says it's really kind of what separates. It's where, because people had choices there, right? Just, I love what you're, you're saying, right? Like it's, people could choose at that point to say like, my life is, is, is meaningless, right? Like there's, there's nothing to live for here, but it was a choice that some people made or my life has real meaning, real purpose. And what was interesting about his viewpoint that I value so highly, and it goes right along with what you're saying about self-reflection because it's such an important principle, right? Is this whole idea of self-transcendence instead of like self-obsession. And what I mean by that, which it's a very, very interesting principle, is this whole idea of transcending oneself by looking outward, right? He found meaning in this experience by thinking about his sweetheart. He was ruminating about the love he had for her while being imprisoned in this concentration camp. Instead of this, woe is me, it's all about me, 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 me. What I love about what you said is, I'd imagine your self-reflection is just, I loved what you said. It's about what can I do to be better? What can I do to provide more impact? What can I do to make the lives of those people around me, the, my family members, my, empl- my employees, I know how much you love your employees, right? It's so cool to see. It's, in, it's inspiring. I wish everyone could know you, man. Their lives would be better if they knew you. I wish everyone could have that opportunity. I mean that, right? Because your life is about self-transcendence through looking outward, not self-obsession. And I bet that's what your self-reflection is, is really about. Like, well, like you said, it's getting, it's getting like really honest and it sucks to do it. Like being, just being very real, like, man, I got to work on this. You know, and that's where most entrepreneurs, like if you look at the people that are very, very successful, like, like very successful, they're good at that practice right? They're good at learning, absorbing information and applying. And, and I think that's, that, that's really, really a meaningful thing. I'm so grateful, man, for, for everything you just shared. Any other thoughts about that? I've got some other thoughts, but any other thoughts about that? One thing I tell you is you can actually see it happening in our society, in our society today. If you look at our society today, it's built off of, uh, and we, we, we all in society, let's just use America in general, we use the world, doesn't matter, but it is very true that we, we do not start at the same starting line. That is truth. We, we all do not start the same at the same starting line. But what happens, what's happening in society, society right now is because we're so achievement driven and we're saying, well, I can't get this thing. I can't achieve this thing. Meaning I can't own this, buy this. I can't, I can't achieve this thing, right? Then in the world, what's happening right now is instead of doing self-reflection, and understanding how do I how do I a become a better person, become a better human, become a better father, son, brother, whatever it may be, and how do I choose a life of fulfillment that will lead me to the path of the things that I uh, will make me uh, truly happy inside? Instead, what you see in society is there instead of self reflection, it's this exact opposite right now. And right now, it's all about pointing the finger at someone else. It's it's this person's fault. Is this a conservative fault? Is this liberal fault? Is this uh, a Republican Democrat? Um, um, different uh, um, of cultures, it's different society. It, it's always someone else's fault that I can't be this thing. I can't achieve this thing. And again, just look at society. You're literally seeing it happening unfolding in front of our eyes right now is instead of doing self-reflection, the ones that are screaming are pointing the finger at someone else, blaming someone else. And again, I, I agree with the concept that we all don't have the same starting line, but we will never ever in a million, in a million years, it doesn't matter. We'll never create one starting line for all humans. That is not true. That will never happen in our world. There is not one starting line for all people. What there is, especially in our great freaking country of America, is there's opportunity beyond measure right now inside of our country. And our country allows you to, no matter where you come from, wherever you start from, if you will build yourself, you can achieve what you want to go achieve. Will it be harder for some? Yes. Will it be more uphill for some? Yes. There's many parts of my journey that was uphill. From if, if someone who grew up with more money and a wealthier uh, family than I did, they would look at me and say, my God, you had to overcome so much. And that's true in their perspective. But if I and if I turn around and look below me, there were people that grew up worse than I did. There are people that grew up with less than I had. Um, and, and, I, and their uphill will be bigger than my uphill. But that's that's life. That's the cards that were dealt. Us trying to become God of everybody and give everybody the same five cards dealt to everybody 
is, is a miserable concept that will never work. It will never work in a million years. It goes back to self-reflection. And you watch our society dec uh, decay right now because there is no self-reflection. It's all about pointing the finger at someone else and then having someone else try to pay for me to get what I want in achievements. It's a, it's a messed up process, Rand, but you can see it happening. Just watch it. It's happening right in front of us right now. The opposite of what I'm talking about. It is. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, and I think the solution, I mean, it's it's a complex thing, but it probably it, it probably doesn't have to be as complex as, um, you know, as people tend to make it. And it really is. Uh, so many people have a tough time letting go, really, because it's there's so much at stake, right? In people's minds, at least they think, what are people going to think? Right? What will people think of me if this happens? Well, it gives everybody a, a reason. It gives everybody a justification. It gives everybody an excuse. And one, one again, go to my mentors as I was diving deep into mindset. He used this phrase that is a kind of offensive, but what you understand is like, oh, you're right. And he said he'll he'll if you tell him like as you talk about your pain or your struggle, whatever it may be, that that and this is the reason why. And again, I mean, he works with people that have been raped. Uh, sexually uh, uh, molested as a kid, um, way, way, way deeper issues than I would ever, ever have been through. And, and one thing he will say to me as I'm talking to him is, and he'll say, so what? So what? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? So what, man, this really affected me. This really, this really did this thing to me. It really did this to me. It really, it said this. And he said, so what? And he's not saying it in a mean way, but what he's saying is he goes back to self-reflection. Andrew, if you allow that thing, um, that you're allowing right now to dictate what you're going to go do in life is kind of you're allowing that thing, whatever it may be, to control who you are as a human. You're allowing an outside force. You're allowing another person, another uh, market, another thing, whatever it may be. You're allowing that person to control who you are as a human. The only control that I have in life is myself. That's all I have. We talk about impact in a second. The only control I have is to impact myself. And as I, as I can impact myself, I can then portray that and help others and impact them. What I have to focus on is what I control, which is myself. So it's tough to hear those words. And, and I want to make sure it comes across the right way because it's not me or him saying those things don't matter. You need to ignore them. That's not what either one of them is saying. But what we are saying is those things cannot control you as a person. You cannot allow, and I'm going to use myself for a second, and I cannot allow that I grew up on WIC and ate freaking milk and cheese from the government to dictate my future. I cannot allow that to control who I become as a father. I cannot allow that to control uh, uh, how, I, how I raise my children, right? And so much what you see right now in society is the opposite of that, right? It's, it's allowing those things that took place to you, good or bad, and, but you're allowing those things to dictate who you become as a human. And I focus every day on self-reflection. How do I become a better person? Not, not my neighbor, not my staff. How do I become a better person? This is all self-reflection, self-awareness. Dude, I, I love this, man. Absolutely love this. I want to hear your thoughts on impact and influence. I just want to go on a quick, and maybe we can end there as you share your thoughts on impact and influence. But I want to share something that I feel like is really important about what you just talked about. And it is really, really, um, boy, it's something that... Uh, the world could could benefit uh, from understanding this principle that, again, that we've kind of had as a theme here is that we we are responsible for for our success, right? We we are responsible for it, um, and I love that idea, and and it really is it's it's a, a liberating thought because now no one can blame external situations. They no longer can say like, oh, well, I can't have that because of these external things that are going on. They don't have that excuse anymore. Once they, once they realize and understand that it's, it's up to them, it's their choice, regardless of where they came from. I loved your idea. Like everybody starts someplace different, but it doesn't matter. Like who, who gives a dang, right? Who cares? Everyone starts a different place, but it doesn't stop them from becoming anything. And I mean anything they want to become because it's their choice. Um, there's a great book, uh, it's it's exceptional. It's really long, but man, it's, it's called Atlas Shrugged. And dude, it is so good because you have this individual in the book named Hank Reardon who's just worked his tail off for everything that he has in his life and what he's built. And it's it's incredible. It's so cool what he's accomplished. But then you have all these looters that are just kind of mooching, <laughs> mooching off of him, right? And then you have this individual, this character in the book named James Taggart, 
who kind of rides off the curtails of his sister Dagny in building this railroad. But what's so interesting is, is James, Jim Taggart, wants all of the glory that Hank Reardon has deserved and, 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 and gotten his life, but he wants it without doing the work. Right. And I think, I think what, what, what goes on, I mean, in people's minds is they see all of these wonderful things that happen in people's lives, but they don't understand the price that was paid. Right. They don't, they don't understand that they can't have everything for nothing. Like that, that doesn't work. It, it's not, it's not a, a formula that will ever pencil. Right. And I think that what, what happens, what's so meaningful, I think in all of, the um, experience that an individual gleans throughout their life, they, they become something different. Right? Their character changes, and it's not the money at all that matters in the end. Like Phil Knight and Shoe Dog, his company went public. He was worth like $168 million overnight, and I love what he says in the book. He's like, it didn't change anything. I didn't feel, I didn't feel any different. <laughs> right? But he gets to the end, and he's worth like $10 billion dollars. And he looks back and it's the, it's the coolest phrase ever. He says, I just wish I could go back. He's like, I just wish I could go back and do it all over again. <laughs> because like, it's the experience that meant so dang much to him. Um, it's there's, the there's, a great, there's a great truth in that, that you'll find in all successful people. Is, and you were telling the story there with Phil Knight, and I'll use that as the, our illustration. What Phil Knight was really saying there um, is that in all high level successful people are the same when it comes to this is that they have fell in love with the process that's what he was saying i wish i could go back in time and do it all over again why because he knows his life is coming to the end and what he fell in love with is being able to go through the process of doing it the process of building the process of, of, of creating something and when you fall in love with not the achievement the $10 billion, the 168 million. He didn't fall in love with the achievement. What he was falling in, what he fell in love with was the process, the journey. Most entrepreneurs, again, they don't want the journey. And they're always, from, from now to the day I die, there will be a journey. There will be a process. That is actually life, right? And what you have to know how to fall in love with is, how do I fall in love with the process? How do I fall in love with the process? And to do that, again, is about choosing fulfillment, not achievements. It's about choosing um, how I how I actually feel today, not how someone else is making me feel. It's about choosing self-reflection, self-awareness. As you do that, you fall in love with the process. Uh, and he made a great statement there, which is so, so true. Phil Knight, he said the $168 million overnight didn't change me. There's so much truth in that that you're, you're missing right now as an entrepreneur because money will never change you. You think that once you get to a certain spot in money, then you will do this. And it does not happen. If you don't do that now, Money will not make you go do that. Money will not change you as a person. If you if you say, "Well, I want to go help," I want to go help um, ABC Group. I want to go help ABC Foundation, but I don't have enough money right now. So I'm going to focus on making all this money. And as I make all this money, then I'm going to be able to go help this uh, uh, cause, this group. That is bullshit. It will never take place because money will never change you. It will only reveal. Who you are as a person is a, it's a magnifier, it's an amplifier, it's a revealer of who your true person is. It won't change you. So if you want to, if, if this charity, foundation, church, whatever it may be, is very passionate to you right now, when you don't have money, if you donate what you do have, time, um, 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 care, thought, energy, whatever it is, if you donate what you do have to it right now, as you get money, you'll just donate that as well. But what won't take place is that if you don't, do, if you do not give back right now, if you do not donate right now, and you don't have money, and then you wait until one day, quote unquote, when you have money, you're gonna donate. It will never happen. It will never happen because money won't change you. It only reveals who you are. You'll actually become a very miserable, greedy, selfish person because it's actually who you are right now, my friend. That is who you are as you listen to this phone call right now. If you're not, if you want to go do something one day in the future and you're not doing it, you think at once I get some, this amount of money, I will do it. No, you're the exact person I'm telling right now that you are that selfish person. You are that greedy person. You are that self-centered person. You're the exact person that does not self-reflect. And the reason that burns right now is because you don't like the truth, the raw radical truth of where you're at right now in life. And you're using something else to justify your faults and your failures. 
And so when I say it, it burns like freaking uh, a disease burns, right? It, just, it burns like freaking a fire burns you and it pisses you off and you want to turn the podcast off right now. That's okay. Just understand, I'm only trying to help you. That is who you are right now. But you can change it all, man. You can change every last bit of it. And I want to be very, very uh, uh, honest with this. That's who I was. I'm speaking to my old self. That's who I was. And I wish to God someone came and said, here's, here's all the faults and failures you're making. And let's go fix all these. Instead of me blaming something else and accusing something else of happening in my life. Man, I, uh, yeah, this, this is a, this is such meaningful content. I, I, uh, I've really, really enjoyed everything that you've had to share. And I love what you said. Um, when I was with you a couple months ago, we have the same sentiment, I think, about money. Um, because I said it's a magnifying glass and you said it's an amplifier. Um, just barely. And I was actually going to ask you what money is to you. And, uh, you said it there. Money is an amplifier. And it is, right? Like people that want to give, it will just be a greater means to give. People that, you know, want to hog it, they want it all, they want the achievements instead of the fulfillment, right, then it will be nothing more than amplifying that, that uh, you know, piece of their, their character. And so it behooves all of us, right, to really, like, think about, it's a great thing to ruminate on and think about and write about, like, what makes us tick? Like, what makes us do what we do? Because I can be, I think one of the, the reasons, um, I'm, like, I am, I'm a genuinely happy person. And I, and I mean that authentically, but it's come at a price too. And I think that happiness has come at a price of knowing like relationships mean everything to me. Like everything. Like my team, I've got a wonderful team and I know you do too, but like it makes me so happy. Like so happy to do things for them. Like so happy. It makes me want, it, 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 it makes your heart feel like it's going to pop, right? Like my sweetheart, the, the love of my life, she's my best friend. And when I think about what I want in life, like what I'm going to get and, and everything that I'm pushing for, it's because I have this image in my mind of what I want the end of my life to look like, right? Like, and I want, I want her to know like more than anything that she was everything to me, right? And that, that uh, I was able to create a life where we could share wonderful experiences, moments and memories together and that she knew she had my time. And I want my kids when I have, I don't have kids yet, but dang, when I have them, like I want them to feel that same way, right? Like my dad, he wasn't, he wasn't obsessed or focused on money. He was obsessed and focused on us. Like he loved us. And I think that's just so, uh, that's great, man. I, 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 w I wish I could talk to you all day, Andrew. I just love you so much, man. I, think the world of you. I really, really do. I respect you a lot. Um, and I appreciate everything that, uh, that you've had to say. I think, uh, man, I, I had some other, uh, some other thoughts, but I, I think what we'll maybe need, I may need to have you on the, on the show uh, again, um, in the future, because this has just been so meaningful and I'm so grateful for you. I truly am. Um, any, any other things that, uh, we didn't talk about that you would have liked uh, to share. I want to give you time to share that. And I've got one last thought, but I want to give you time to share anything that you may not have had time to, to share. Um, I actually wanted to dive deep on impact and influence. Um, but Please. I think, well, I think let's say that for, that's a long topic that I'm super passionate about. Uh, but I want to bring up one, one point. So if, you, if you want to have another podcast, I'm happy to, and we can focus on that. But yeah. You know, in, in my, uh, I'm going to reverse the roles here in this interview uh, just because I love learning. And I'm in this new self-reflection of my own life right now. And I'm going to ask you a question, um, which is, um, at the end of your life, when it's all said and done and you're on your final deathbed, if you could have one word that, that you would want everyone to know about you, or to feel this about you and they thought of you, your wife, your children, but not even just them, your, your family, but then your friends, your staff, everybody around you. If, if you. if you had one word that summed up what you want people to know about you, what would that one word be? Love. Easy. Yeah. Dude, love. love, man. I want I want people to feel it when they're with me. First thing. It's easy. Like I no 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 even like having to think about it. I want people when they see me to just realize more than anything, I don't need to be in the limelight. I don't need any, uh, even like my team, I just want them to know like that the, the title CEO sucks. I don't care about it. Like I think leadership is just a fancy word for servant. 
And I tell them that. I said, I'm not above you. We're all on the same level and I'm just here to serve you. And I want them to feel like when someone is hanging out with me, I want them to feel how important they are more, more than anything. Like I want them to realize, excuse me, like pe people are amazing. You know, like human, human beings, they, they are amazing. Right. And like, I think if, if we have the ability more than anything else to help someone feel that, like who, who they really are, dude, that's, a, that, that's, I mean, that's fulfillment. Yeah. That's, that's like real happiness. I, I love, I love your answer. And I want to, I'm going to go a little bit deeper for a second before we get off and just think this through, like, like think, let's think logically through this, right? You, you were saying it. I want people around me to feel loved. I want my staff to feel loved. I want my, my team to feel loved, my wife, my kids. I want to feel loved. Okay. It goes back to what we talked about this whole conversation. What are we really looking for in life? Feeling. We want to feel a certain way, not achievement. You didn't say I wanted, I wanted more money. You didn't say I wanted another thing. You didn't say I wanted another car. You said, I just want people to feel love that came in touch with me. They, I wanted to feel love. Had nothing to do with money. Had nothing to do with your business success, your financial success. It had to do with you wanted them to feel a certain way, which is love. So the only the question I would ask you is, how do you make someone feel love i love that question and i honestly believe that it's an it's the intangibles in our lives that make up the relationships that we enjoy and what i mean by that is i think it's really when somebody's when i'm with someone i want to be present with them right like i want i want them to know that i'm i'm with them like i'm listening to them and I'm trying to understand them. And those are hard things. Those are hard things to master, harder than money things. Yeah. Because I used to think I was a good listener, and I'm not. I want to be. Like, I'm working on that. Like, I, I, I think I can be better at just being with someone. Because we have all of these distractions in life. Dang, so many distractions. And it just feels good to tune everything else out when I'm with an individual and just be there. Right, like, but but that's a, that's something difficult to practice, and something I want to keep practicing, because um, I'm de I'm definitely not a master of it. I'll say that, uh, but I'm working on those things, and I think that helps people feel love, time, like listening, um, understanding, like just being there with them. I think I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? It's simple. All the things that you were mentioning there were byproducts. So to understand, when we really dive into it. For someone to feel loved, you can't do something that's going to make them um, um, feel loved um, from you forever. Like you can't do something that's like, oh, he uh, he, he loves me now, for, for, you know, forever. To to have someone feel loved by you at the end of your life, you have to do one thing first, and that is love yourself. There's no way that your wife will feel love from you until you love yourself first. Most humans go back to self-reflection. They do not actually love themselves. They actually have a list of what's bad about them, not what's good about them. They have a list of what they want to go fix versus what they actually appreciate about themselves. So for you to have everyone around you feel loved by you, you would have to first go deep into self-reflection and, and you love yourself. Now, here's the second question I give you now. How, where does love come from? Where does true love come from? If you want everyone to feel loved around you, you got to love yourself. Okay, if I ask you, how do you love yourself? I would ask you, where does true love come from, Roger? Yeah, those are really good, man, really, really good questions. I think, I think there's a certain, like, uh, what's the best way to, to say it? I think there's a certain, like, dignity associated with love that entails like putting off like somebody's own, even in loving oneself, right? Like in order to love oneself, they have to put off things that are kind of baser in, in nature and, and rise above kind of those self-gratifying things to a higher level by, like somebody may say, if they really love themselves, they're going to try to accomplish their potential and they'll find meaning in that and they'll find fulfillment in doing good things. Right? They're rising above this base level of just like, ah, man, it'd be nice to sit back on a beanbag with Cheetos and a you know, game controller in my hand or something. Right? And they, that, that would be hard at that point. But I think like 
in loving myself, which I'm not the master at, or loving other people, which I'm not the master at. But I think love is kind of born and bred from, honestly, I really believe there's, there's an equation to love and it's on two sides of an equal sign. And I think sacrifice equals love. And I mean that. Like I'm Christian and I think like, we always talk about this love that Jesus has for us. And that it's this unfathomable amount of love. Well, how? Like, and why? Where did it come from? Where did it stem from? Like a fountain, right? Like, what, what is it that makes him love us so much? And I think it's this idea, we, we love him because he first loved us. And I think it was this incalculable amount of sacrifice that allows him to love in such, or a mom, like a mother, nine months with his baby. How does she love so much? Sacrifice, how do we love ourselves? I think we make sacrifices, even internally. For, for something we want more in the future than we want right now. And we learn to love our, ourselves by doing hard things. Uh, and we, we, like in loving other people, I think love is born as well from giving up things that, that we want. Like the, the life of a bachelor, I was a bachelor till I was 32 years old. And I'm married now and I am unbelievably happy. But I gave up the bachelor life. And I would give it up forever and ever, you know, because I just love this, this woman that I'm with. She's an angel. But I don't know. I think, I think that's, that's kind of a philosophical answer. I don't think that's in stone. I don't think that's the way it has to be or anything. But I think that's something that's been meaningful for me, that sacrifice is really equal to like my capacity, the depth of love I can feel. If I make small sacrifices, the amount of love I'm going to feel is, is, is less. Right? The, the deeper my sacrifice, the more love. So, so again, uh, what, what you're seeing is um, you're talking a lot about uh, the um, how-to or the byproduct of what I, what I have to go do to make someone feel this way, okay? And I'm fond of you. I, I agree with what you're saying. Sacrifice is a key word of love. But, but if you go deep, before you start talking about how-tos and, and what, I can go, what I can go do and what I can go, uh, again, because it kind of, if you understand it, some of that even goes back into achievements. It's if I go sacrifice, if I go let someone else do this, if I give over here, it goes back to you you're trying to achieve something. But but, and I'm not saying it's not true because all those things are true that you have to go do. But again, if we say I want everyone around me to feel loved, that's a feeling. I want everyone to feel loved around me. The first thing is you have to go learn love yourself first because no one you can not give love, true meaning love, until you love yourself. And you can ask the question, well, how do I love myself? Where does all love come from? And whatever you want to believe as far as a higher power, I believe in, I'm a Christian, I believe in God and Jesus. So love comes from um, a God. Love was created by God. And for us to feel, for us to love ourselves, we would have to accept all the love that God, Jesus gave to us. The, the truth of the matter is most Christians, most humans never actually truly accept God or Jesus's love that he gave for us. You actually, most people never actually truly accept because we just talked about how big it is and how strong it is and how wide it is and how much he loved us. And, and we, we talk about it because we repeat phrases that we've heard in church growing up, we repeat phrases that we've heard, but we never actually self-reflect and understand how much Christ actually loves us. Now, the things that you mentioned our sacrifice and, and those things, those came from Christ because what did Christ do? He, he gave his own life for us. That's what he did. Well, to own, to be able to actually do that, you're the amount of love that you'd have to um, love the other person to lay down your own life for that person is insane. A lot of people say I would die for someone. I would die for someone. And, and, and there are certain certain, certain circumstances that I think uh, someone would, but when you talk about how deep of a love that is. So just remember to truly love, to have everybody around you feel loved, you have to love yourself. To love yourself, you have to accept all of Christ's love that he has for you. And most people just talk about that in passing and never actually self-reflect that all the bad things and shit that you've done, all the mistakes you've made, all the times that you didn't do it, all, those, all that crap. He loves you more than all of that stuff. And it's in crazy amounts when you can, when you can, when you can understand it. And then it's so humbling which allows you to be vulnerable it allows you to give it allows you to, again to be christ-like i mean i don't know why i'm going on this tangent but but down this path but i think it's the first time i ever went down this path with someone but um 
accepting Christ's love is so freaking incredible, dude. And I lived a Christian life for a very long time. Like I lived an entrepreneur life and never truly accepted it. I always felt like I had to do these good things to, to have Christ love me. And in, in reality, it's not that way. In reality, I could do all bad things and he would still have undeniable love for me. Now, I don't want to do all those bad things. I want to do all these good things. Just like on, on earth, I want to do all these good things. But uh, even if I didn't do those things, his love would never change. I mean, to understand that, to process that, it, it, it's, it's, it stretches your brain. But when you do that and self-reflect in it, dude, it gives you all that you need to create, to love yourself. And then it creates love all around you, man. And everybody around you will full love. So those are my final thoughts right now, dude. I don't know where that came from, but those are my final thoughts for your viewers and listeners. Dude, I love those final thoughts. Thank you. It stretches your brain and it stretches your heart. <laughs> you know, honestly, it really does, man. I love this, this conversation we've had. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I think those are really meaningful points. Every single thing that you've said. Uh, I'll probably title the podcast like Achievement, Fulfillment, and Love, honestly. I think we're going to talk about impact and influence. But I think this has been really, really cool because it's really what... I mean, it's, it's what it's really all about, right? What we've talked about today. And I am grateful for everything that you've shared. It's been awesome, man. I, I just, uh, I've really, really been grateful to have you on the show. And I'm, most importantly, I'm just grateful for your friendship. You know, I, it's, uh, it's a huge privilege for me to have you as a friend and, and someone that, uh, you know, I can observe and be inspired by. So thank you for being who you are, Andrew. I just, just love you so much, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I truly do always feel loved by you. And because my events and my office, I always still love by you, bro, and, and happy to do more podcasts and and happy to help you out anywhere I can do. It is a privilege to be on here and hopefully I um, was able to connect with some of your viewers. Hey, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you a ton. Yeah.